Thank you for listening to our messages online. Today we wrap up our summer story series in the book of 2 Kings. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you today. Glad that you're here. We're going to finish up what we've been calling summer stories. And today we're going to look in 2 Kings chapter 22. So if you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn there. I want to show you a few things in this passage today. So grab out your Bible or grab the one sitting in front of you. We're going to be on page 329. Man, it was good to have a fantastic time last week down at Monteith Park, but it's nice to have you back here. And uh, all those baptisms and good food last week, but good time here today we are going to have as we look to God and we see how the Word of God applies to our lives. So 2 Kings chapter 22, this is where we're going to be. We're going to look at a man named Josiah today, king named Josiah. And as we look at him today, uh, we're going to see that he's a great king. We've looked at some prophets and we've looked at some of the evil kings But today we're going to look at this great king named Josiah. In fact, at the end of chapter 23, it says this about Josiah. It says this, that no king was like him before him or after him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. And you might say, wait a second, I thought King David was great. But it says, in turning to the Lord, there was no one like Josiah. This king was special. And I'll tell you what, we just don't talk about Josiah enough. And so I want to talk about him and read some of his story today because he turns to the Lord with his heart, with his soul, with his might. And we're going to see this today. I've entitled this message, Lost Without It. Lost Without It. We'll talk about what the it is later, but we're going to look at this idea of being lost. And here's what I'd like you to do first this morning. I'd like you to answer this question with me. You can answer it on your notes. You can start thinking through this. But when was a time that you were seriously lost? When was a time that you were seriously lost? It might be that you came here today because you are seriously lost in one way or another. You might start thinking of ways. Somebody told me after first service and said, I can tell you on the day when I was lost before I knew Jesus as my Savior. And I can tell you the day that I found him, he found me, and I turned to him. And, and whatever it might be, wh- when was the time you were seriously lost? You might start thinking of some fun things and, and how that turned out. You might start thinking of very serious things. It might be an emotional lostness spiritual lostness, relational, financial, physical. But consider, if you would, a time when you were seriously lost. And then frankly, share this story with somebody today. Just share this story and go, you know what, this was crazy. It was my fault. It was somebody else's fault. Whatever it was, I got lost. I was thinking about that for myself, and there was a time... And I dread saying this with my wife here because it just brings some anxiety to her. But, but five years ago, we were in Europe and we were making a trip one day in the car and driving from northern Italy down to Rome. And we knew that we were staying at this hotel near the Colosseum in Rome. And so we made this trip and we made this trip without a cell phone. Now, just imagine trying to go to a big city without a cell phone. We all do this nowadays. Without a cell phone, without a GPS, and without a map. We, here, here's what I was thinking. I mean, I understand I was foolish now, but I thought, Rome's not going to be too hard to miss. 
I mean, you just head south. There's got to be signs for this big city, right? You head there. I've actually been to Rome, and I think I figured it out something like 27 years before. So I've kind of been to this part. You know, it can't be too hard. You just drive into the city, and you look for this 2,000-year-old stadium. And, And our hotel's kind of close to there. So without a GPS, without a map, I just thought, let's do this. You didn't like this, did you? You know, she's, so I forgot that Rome has 2.9 million people in it. 2.9, what did I say? Yeah, 2.9 million people live in Rome, and it's a big city. It's basically Chicago. Just imagine going to Chicago and saying, I'm looking for a not-so-tall building because I've been there 27 years before, and all the signs are in Italian. So anyway, I'm doing this without a map, without, and I was totally lost. And before long, my wife's like, oh, we need to get some directions. I'm like, I don't need directions. Anybody else done that? You know, I, I can find it. I, I just, just look for a bunch of people. We'll find the Colosseum. My kids are like, oh, we're missing some sightseeing time. And I'm like, I know, but it's just, and I was like, man, why didn't I just, Print out some directions. Why didn't I just buy a map? Okay, I'm arrogant and proud. Okay, that's why. I'm a man. Okay, we, we all do some of that. Anyway, I, as I was thinking about being lost that day, I thought, you know what? We get lost in life, don't we? And we kind of do the same thing. And we're like, ah, I know where to go. I know that one day I'm going to die, and I'm just kind of going that way. And I know some bad ways not to go, but I'm going to go this way. And let's just be honest. We're kind of foolish about this because we really don't know where we're going. I want us to consider this today because I think sometimes we guess in life where we are going. I think I know the way. Just head this way. Try to stay out of trouble. We'll get there. And in life, what's at stake is not just a few hours of being lost, a few hours of some lost uh, sightseeing time, but there are eternal souls at stake when we get lost. Souls of those that we love are hanging in the balance. This is why Jesus didn't say, I hope you find it. He said, follow me because I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. You follow me and I will show you how to live this life to prepare for all eternity. And I will usher you there in all eternity. But I'm the way. I'm the map. I'm the GPS. Because the reality is we get lost without a map, without a plan. So I want to show you this because the nation of Israel was lost. The setting for this in 2 Kings chapter 22 is that here's the nation of Israel. They had been divided around 900 B.C. There was this northern kingdom called Israel. And because they had been spiritually lost, because they had just tried to go their own way, because they did evil to God, God said, guess what? You're done. I'm having the Assyrians come in and take you captive. You're done for right now. Now the southern kingdom known as Judah, which is living in Jerusalem, for the most part they are following the Lord, but they're headed towards spiritual lostness. They're losing their way. They don't have a map. They don't have a GPS. They're headed to lostness, and they don't understand it. And not a (laughs) funny, funny, uh, we're lost, but we are in big trouble. Actually, God says, you are now 50 years away from being taken over by the Babylonians. You are in trouble, nation. You've been good, but I'll tell you, you're lost, and in 50 years, they're coming after you. I'm just going to allow it. I'm just going to allow you to be destroyed. 
because you have been lost and in your arrogance you thought you could figure this out on your own. And here comes little Josiah, the man we're going to talk about today. I call him little because when he became king, he was eight years old. Eight years old. Becomes king of a nation. Eight years old. That's crazy. Well, the problem was his dad, who had served before him for two years, his dad's name is Ammon. Ammon was an evil man, and he was assassinated. And so then they said, hey, kid, you're next in line. I know you're eight years old, but you're the, you're the heir to the throne. You're the king. And so here he is as an eight-year-old trying to lead this country. Now write this passage down. You can read a little bit more about Josiah. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Tells similar events. And it tells a little bit more of Josiah or different aspects of his life. But it says when Josiah was a young man, probably 16, says he began to seek the Lord. I mean, imagine you're a king of this nation and you're like, I don't know how to do this and I need some help. And and his heart starts turning to seek the Lord around age 16. He's like, uh, here's what I've been told about my dad who died when I was eight years old, that he was an evil man, so I don't want to go that way. What I've heard about my grandpa was he was evil too. His name was Manasseh. Manasseh ruled for 55 years, and it says he was very evil. He had some other kids, and it says that he put his kids in the fire offering up to other gods. And he's like, man, my grandpa was a messed up guy. He ruled for 55 years. I'd kind of like to do something different. I think dad was, or I know dad was lost. I know grandpa was lost. I don't want to be lost, so I'm going to start seeking the Lord. And so this is what young Josiah does. Now, if you would, go back to chapter 21. I want to set the tone a little bit. Chapter 21, verse 20. And this is speaking of Josiah's dad says, he, Ammon, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as Manasseh, his father, had done. Now, I want you to pay attention to this next verse. It's going to be very important. It says, Ammon walked in all the ways in which his father walked and served the idols that his father served and worshipped them. He, that is Ammon, abandoned the Lord, the God of his father's, and did not walk in the way of the Lord. So Ammon sets up a bunch of idols. And his dad Manasseh had set up a bunch of idols. In fact I thought of putting up a bunch of idols on this stage here this morning. To you know, set the tone. I thought some of you would freak out and have a heart attack when you walked in the building. So I thought okay I'm not going to do that. But this place Jerusalem and Judea is just filled with idols that Ammon and Manasseh had been setting up. False gods being worshipped everywhere. Israel had forgot the one true God. They were living for themselves. I, I wrote that down this week and I thought, man, that sounds like us, doesn't it? Forgetting the one true God, living for themselves. This is what Israel is doing. And so Ammon, he, he, Josiah's dad, he, he's an evil man. Manasseh, grandpa, evil man. Spiritually lost men. No compass, no map. No GPS. And Josiah became the king. And he knows this. My nation's going to continue to be lost. I'm going to be lost. If something doesn't change here. i got to get a map. Write this thought down with me if you would. That Israel was lost without God's word. I want to show you this today. That Israel was lost without God's word. And then make it practical by writing this down. And so am I. And so am I. 
This isn't just a history lesson saying, oh, Israel, come on, you didn't get it. This is very practical to you and me today that Israel was lost without God's word, but so are you. So am I. And I want us to consider today the spiritual lostness that we find ourselves in and the remedy that God provides. Because when you and I get lost in spiritual matters like the nation of Israel did, the consequences are generational and even eternal. We start going the wrong way, our kids start going the wrong way. You've seen this, you know this. And it's not just a matter of, oh, well, we miss a few hours of sightseeing in Rome. We're talking there are eternal ramifications here. When I got lost in Rome, it created a little relational funk with my wife, you know. She's like, get directions. I'm like, ah. But when we're spiritually lost, it creates more than just a little relational funk. It does that. But it's so much worse. And when you and I get spiritually lost, we waste this valuable life that we've been given. Potentially damaged souls for generations, even all eternity. So it's, it's a deadly situation to be lost. That's what I want to look at today. So one day, around the age of 26, Josiah is the king. And he goes and probably sits on his throne. I'm going to sit on this. This is a chair from my office. feel like a king here for a few minutes. Anyway, and Josiah said this. He says, you know what? I need to get my secretary. I want to go check some things out. And Hey, secretary, come here, buddy. Shaphan. Church, meet Shaphan, my secretary. Go ahead and wave to the church. Shaphan. Hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the temple. I want you to go talk to Hilkiah. He's the high priest. You knew that. But anyway, I want you to go in the temple. They're rebuilding the temple. I just want to get you to check on it. Give me a report how things are going. You know, I've been seeking the Lord, and I just think the temple needs to be rebuilt. So can you just go check on Hilkiah and just... All right, man. Love that servant. Now read with me while Shaphan is checking things out. Go to verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 8. Hilkiah the high priest is hanging out there in the back talking to Shaphan the secretary. And Hilkiah said, I found the book of the, Lord, book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan read it. It's like, whoa, this is pretty interesting. Shaphan the secretary came then to the king, that is Josiah, and reported to the king, your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and they've delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have oversight over the house of the Lord. And then Shaphan the secretary told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. The priest has given me a book. Hey! Come on, tell me, so, and, a lamp. and a lamp, man, what is that? Uh, I don't have electricity yet, so that's probably not real helpful, but uh, the book, huh? Yes, King. <laughs> Looks a little dusty, mm-hmm. it smells dusty too, but hey, thanks, yes, King. We'll, we'll chat later. Give it up for Chiffon, the secretary. Now what 
Shaphan gets from the high priest, which came from the temple, which comes to the king, is what we would call the book of Deuteronomy, the book of the law, the book of Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Bible. The king now is going to have a map. He's now going to have a GPS. Because the nation's lost, he's going to be lost. Now he's been given something. I'm wondering if... That was dusty. I'm wondering if Ammon, his dad, had this book. I don't know. Maybe his dad saw this book and said, too big of a book. I don't like reading. I don't like what it says and buried it. We don't know that. We don't know if Grandpa Manasseh had it for a couple years, read it, didn't like it. We don't know, but we just know that it was in the temple. It had been dusty. No one had been reading it. And Josiah's like, I want to check this out. Look at the end of verse 10, if you would. And it says that Shaphan, the secretary, read it before the king. Shaphan, I'm not going to make you do that right now. I want you to know, I want you to consider how Josiah responded because the secretary reads this to him. How does Josiah respond? I want to give you five words today on how he responded. Five words that would help you from being lost or when you're lost to not be lost. I want to share five words with you today. First word is this, intake. Write this down, please. Because the king took this in. Shaphan brings this, and the king could have said, ah, I don't need a book. I'm good. I don't need a map. I know how to get to Rome. Been there 27 years ago. I can, I can find the Colosseum, I think. But he takes it in. He takes it in. He said, I... I want you to hear some of what Josiah heard today. I'm going to read some of this to you in just a bit. But before I read that to you, I want you to write down another word that Josiah, uh, that was part of the way he responded here. And it's the word incline. Josiah didn't sit here on his phone texting when Shaphan reads this. He inclined his heart, probably sat up on the edge of his seat, says that he had a humble heart, soft heart. Like, I need this. This is going to be good. I want this. And before I read it to you, before it goes as intake into your ears and into your head, I want you to incline your heart. Because I'm going to read some of this for a bit. I want you to say, you know what, I think I probably need this too. Now, you could take it in and not incline your heart, but that's not what Josiah did. He, he inclined his heart. He humbled himself. He softened his heart, and he listened to this. And he listens. He was teachable. I want you to be teachable as I take a few moments and read to you from this book, from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 1. These are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. Israel, you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet, in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God you went who went before you in the way you seek I'm sorry, who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to show you by what way you should go. 
And now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you and do it, that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who, when they hear all these statutes, the nations will surely say, This is a great nation, a wise and understanding people. Only take care, keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, unless they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. And the Lord commanded me at this time to teach you statutes and rules that you might do them in the land that you were going over to possess. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully. Since you saw no form on that day, the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure in the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. And beware lest you raise your eyes to the heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, you be drawn away to bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the, uh, under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to be a people of his own inheritance as you are this day. wonder as Josiah is reading this thinking, he's talking about idols. Oh my land, that's all we got around here. Keeps reading. When your father, when you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land, if you act corruptly by making a carved image in the form of anything, uh-oh, and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. You will not live long in it, but will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. It's already happened to the northern tribe. And there you will serve gods of wood and stone and work the work of human hands, neither that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. And when you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. Oh, thank you. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Know therefore today and lay it on your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. Therefore you shall keep his statutes and his commandments which I command you today that it may go well with you and with your children after you. 
and that you may prolong your days in the land that the Lord your God has given you for all time. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the rules that I speak in your hearing today, and you shall learn them and be careful to do them. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. And you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly at the mountain, out of the midst of fire, the cloud, and thick darkness, with a loud voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. You shall be careful then, you shall be careful therefore to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. That you may live, that it may go well with you. That you may live long in the land that you shall possess. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess, that you may fear and revere the Lord your God, you and family, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you. And that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, listen up, Israel. The Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children You shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, And houses full of good things that you did not fill. And cisterns that you did not dig. And vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full. 
Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear and revere. Him you shall serve and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from the face of the earth. What did Josiah think after hearing that? Knowing the nation he's been living in all his life. Says he tore his clothes. He's like, uh-oh. Seen this with the north. We're in big trouble. Because we have not worshipped God as he's worthy. We have not worshipped him alone. We have not loved him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our minds. We have not served him like he deserves. We have not been growing closer to God and helping others along the way. We're missing the boat. And he got the high priest and he says, go inquire to God. Go ask God and say, God, if we repent, if we turn, if we do things differently, would you relent and not treat us as our sins deserve? Because we're missing the boat. I see the map and we are lost. And he's freaked out in a very healthy way. He says, we're lost. Where has this been? thinking about that for us. Where, where's this been? Because I don't think in one sense we're too different from Israel. I, I read that and I'm like, God, there are other things that at times I love more than you. There are things that I serve more than you. There are things that I worship more than you. And I'm pretty sure that's similar with many of us, if not all of us. Growing closer to God, helping others along the way. I miss that, Mark. Where's the word of God been? And I'm like, oh, well, I only have 20 copies in my office. Some of them I use as coffee holders. Like, man. Oh, what's God going to say to us someday? Like, you got it on your phone. You got it in your house. You have them in front of you every Sunday. You, you, you never take it home. I remember as a kid, my dad would say, you guys got your Bible? He'd say this on Sunday morning going to church. Got your Bible and go, yeah, it's in the car where we left it last Sunday. I look back now and think that wasn't a good answer. <laughs> Maybe you do that. Got your Bible? Yeah, it's in the car where I left it last Sunday. How lost we become without this. So Josiah, he takes it in. He heard this as Shaphan reads it to him. And he inclined his ear. We know this. It says he humbled his heart. He softened his heart. And that pleased God. He inclined his ear. And let me just say this to you, church, today. And I'm saying it to me as well. We've got to have intake of the word of God. You can't just come here Sunday every week or once a month or whatever your plan is and say, okay, that's my intake. It's not good enough. You're lost without this. 
You're lost without it. Without the word of God, you do not know and you do not understand your creator. Without this, you do not know and you do not understand yourself. How bad off you were with your sin and how loved you are by God. Without this, you don't know and understand that. Without this, you do not know and understand your purpose in life. Without this, you do not know and understand life in general. You just don't. You're like, "Ah, I just think I'm headed the right way. You're probably not. So we have Bible studies. Man, I think a lot of you got a little card when you came in today. You were asked to sign up. We don't do this to keep you busy. We don't do this to keep ourselves busy around here. We do this because, men, you need to get into the Word of God. And if you're not going to do it on your own, do this with us. And the advantage of doing this with us is that we can share with one another and say, this is what I see. This is what I see. This is what God is telling me. Women, you're going to have the same. You're going to have Bible study as well. Get involved with this. Take it in. Man, I'm preaching now, aren't I? I'm saying this to myself. This is why we'll have community groups. We're going to say get in each other's homes and talk about life. Talk about the word of God. Talk about the fact that you get lost and you know this is not good. Help others who are lost. This is why we need each other. Don't sit there and go, yeah, I've done community groups before. It wasn't real helpful. I'm telling you, sign up. I want everybody to do this. There's a reason we have more groups, more than double the groups than we've typically had because God is going to do amazing things when we intake his word with brothers and sisters this year. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. But don't only intake this incline. Don't just show up to the Bible studies. Don't just show up to a groups. You're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to lean in and say, I need this. Because I know something about me. I get lost. And if I'm not lost now, I'll get lost soon. It's just tip, my typical way. I get lost. Incline your heart because you're lost without this. Now let me give you a third word. And it really comes from the question, what is God saying to me? Because as Josiah hears this, he's, as he's reading or hearing this from Shaphan, he's saying, what is God saying to me? And here's the word, inspect. Write this down. You are to inspect your own heart when you encounter the Word of God. As I'm sharing with you today, I'm hoping that you would inspect your own heart. I would hope that you would inspect your own lostness. I would hope you that, that you would inspect and say, as you would put a mirror in front of yourself. Oh, growing up in high school, I hated those days. But I'd look in the mirror and say, so many pimples, so many zits. If I got really close, like so many blackheads, but it was just right there so I could see it. And this word of God is like a mirror that helps you inspect your own heart and says, so hard is your heart, so angry are you, so lost are you, so bitter are you. You start asking questions, am I responding to God properly when you inspect yourself? Am I actually loving God first and only Am I investing my life for God and his kingdom? Am I denying myself and following Jesus? And that's what happens when we encounter the word and we're like, actually I'm lost. I'm not following Jesus. I'm not denying myself. I'm living for myself. Josiah asks similar questions. Go to chapter 23 if you would. And I want to read a little bit from here. 
says, Then the king, Josiah, sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He's grabbing the city. And the priests and the prophets and all the people, both great and small. He's looking at this and he's saying, what does this say to me? And it says that he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant. I'm not going to read it again right now to you. And I didn't even read it all. I only read 10 minutes worth of it. It's called the book of the covenant because it was not just the law, but God saying, I have an agreement with you here. I will be faithful to you. I want you to be faithful to me. And he reads this to them, what he had found in the house of the Lord. He inspects his, his heart and he says, you know what? God's calling me to do something. Which is really another question. When we encounter the word of God, it's this question, what is God saying to me? Write down this word, initiate, initiate. Because as God speaks to us, he says, I want you to do something with this. I want you to get going with something. And it's going to be different on different days. It will be different to each of us at times. But it's an initiate, a response to the word of God. Because you're lost without this word. Go to verse 3. Chapter 23, verse 3. And the king stood by the pillar and he made a covenant. Initiated a plan. He said, we're going to make an agreement. He made a covenant before the Lord, and he said this, I'm going to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all my heart and with all my soul and to perform the words of this covenant that I just read that were written in this book. He says, this is my response. I'm going to initiate a response and tell the people, this is where I'm headed. I am going to follow the Lord. This is why later it says of Josiah, there wasn't a king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind. He said, this was his response. This is where I'm going. I want to love God with everything I got, nation. Church, I want you to know this about me. I will fail. I know that ahead of time. But it is my plan. It is my desire. It is my covenant that I would follow God with all of my heart. Now, don't trust me completely because I, I will fall just like all of us do. But that's my heart. That's my plan. At the end of verse 3, notice this. At the end of verse 3, it says, and all the people joined in on the covenant. All the people said, I want that too. So Josiah is saying this, I want to follow the, the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Anybody with me, just raise your hand. Anybody with Josiah said, I don't see everybody's hand raised. Come on, church, raise your hand. Anybody with me? He says this is the way to go. This is the map. Two hands. I like that. I love this godly leadership. It's obedience first and calling others to do the same. Sometimes we just call others to do the same without the obedience. But obedience first. And then he calls others to do the same. And it's as if Josiah is saying to a group of people like us, let's identify what's stealing our heart. Let's figure that out. Let's figure out all the things that are is stealing our heart. Let's figure out all the false gods that are living among us. All the other things that we're serving. And he's saying, will you commit to that church? And let me ask you this. Would you commit to that church? To examine your heart and figure out what's stealing your heart. Go to verse 4. 
And the king commanded the high priest, Hilkiah, and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for the other gods, Baal, Asherah. How crazy is that? In the temple of the one true God, there's idols for other gods. He goes, bring that out. And for all the hosts of heaven, they have sun god and a moon god and the star gods and all the... And it says, he burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel, the house of God. He says, let's get back to obeying God. Let's get back to remembering what he's done. Did you just not hear that? That's the map. I want to give you one more word. Because you're like, oh man, that's good. Okay, yeah, my life has changed. I'm going a different way. I just want to give you one more word today. And it's the word incapable. Like, that's a weird word. It is. Josiah made this plan. I'm going this way. I'm going to love God with all my heart. But I want you to know this. Josiah was really incapable to do this perfectly. He was. The people said, oh, we want to do this with all of our hearts. But I want to tell you this. They were incapable of doing this perfectly. Many of you just raised your hand and said, I want to follow God all the days of my life. And I just want you to know you're incapable to do this on your own. You are. You see, the reason the law was given, it was a map. And it was really to show you, you're a sinner. And you can't do this completely on your own. Yes, you can make some great plans. And you can turn your heart to God. But I'll tell you what, you'll keep falling. You will. The idea of the law is that it was going to point God, to God saying, one day I'm bringing my son. One day I'm bringing my Savior. One day I'm bringing one who will impute all of his righteousness on you because you can't do it by yourself. You're incapable of perfectly obeying. Jesus said this, in fact, he says, I'm the root of life. I've got all the life in me. I'm the vine. You're a branch. You're an extension of me. And if you know what he says, he says, apart from me, you can do. Jesus says you're incapable. You want to try to do some really good things, and you, you want to behave really well, and you're incapable. And you're thinking, okay, if I do more and more and more and more, God will love me. You are incapable of earning God's love. You are incapable of pleasing God without Jesus, without trusting what he did on the cross. So I want you to hear this, that yes, this is our map. You need to take it in. And yes, you need to incline your ear to this. And you need to inspect your heart. And you need to initiate what God tells you to do. But I also want you to know that without Jesus, you, you are incapable. This could just become a textbook that you're really good at memorizing. Without him, you're incapable. Because the word of God ultimately points us to Jesus. Where we are incapable, though, Jesus becomes capable for us. Now, Josiah, as he kept reading, and I didn't read this part, in Deuteronomy chapter 16, I didn't get all the way to 16, Josiah hears of this idea of the Passover, where it says, every year, keep this Passover. Remember what happened to your ancestors, how God brought them out of Egypt, how God brought them out of slavery. And Josiah's like, we haven't really been doing this. This is new. 
And Josiah says, we're going to institute this thing. And it says that for the first time in a long time, Josiah said, we're doing the Passover right. According to the word, according to the map, we're going to remember what God did. He brought out our ancestors with a mighty hand, outstretched arm, and he saved us. He rescued us from slavery. And we're not going to forget what God has done. And for generations, the Israelites would do this. And years later, Jesus comes to earth and he grows up in a household. And, and they say, every year we got to do this Passover. We got to remember what God did with our ancestors back in Egypt. And late in Jesus' life, in fact, right before he's crucified, it's Passover time again. It's that time of year, remembering that God rescues. And Jesus gets together with his disciples and he says, We're going to eat and remember that God rescues. And he rescues from slavery, and he did that. But Jesus turned it a little bit, and he says, but it's even better than you thought. It's not that he just saves us from bad government, but he saves us from our sins. And he says to his guys, he says, I want you to eat a piece of bread, and it's going to be a symbol of my body, because I'm going to be dying here pretty soon. It's going to be crushed for you. And I want you to drink some juice here, and it's a symbol of my blood that's going to be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, because God is going to rescue you in a far greater way. Josiah got all this from the map. And it shows us Jesus. And Jesus, he, he knew this map. And he says, this, you, you got to live this or else you're going to get lost. But Jesus says, because you are lost people, here's what I'm going to do. I, because you're incapable, I'm going to let my body be broken for you. My blood will be shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Here's what we're going to do in just a few moments. I'm going to invite you to come up to one of these three stations. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm going to invite you to come up here and grab one of these pieces of bread, take a cup of juice. You can go back to your seat when you're ready. And I just want you to consider your lostness. I want you to consider that before Jesus, you were lost. I want you to consider even this last week how you got lost. And you thought, you know what? I thought life was about money. I thought life was about college football. I thought life, and just acknowledge your lostness. And then acknowledge Jesus. And so as we take communion today, we're going to remember the rescuer. The rescuer. The one who came on our behalf. Because you and I were incapable of saving ourselves. Incapable. We're told that if you would say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be rescued from your sins. Sins forgiven. That if you're a one who would confess your sins, God is going to be faithful to you. He's not going to say, what, you sinned? He'll say, I'm faithful to you. And I'm just in forgiving you of your sins. And I'm actually going to purify you and cleanse you from more unrighteousness. And so today, let's let this be a time where we worship. And we go, God, I, have, I was lost. I get lost. I need to follow you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. There will be people up here praying. If you need prayer, I invite you to come up in here and pray. As the worship team leads us, let's make this a sweet moment where we acknowledge our lostness, turn our hearts back to God. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I 
thank you for this story. And it reminds me of how I was lost and how I get lost. I, I forget the way. I lose sight of the way. In my arrogance, I don't think I need the way. And I confess that today. I pray that for my brothers and sisters today that we would acknowledge that we get lost. We get arrogant, complacent, caught up, lose focus. And today we come to you, the one who paid our debt, the one who is capable of saving us forgiveness of our sins you paid you paid a debt you didn't owe because we owed a debt we could not pay we want to worship you today God I, I pray for my brothers and sisters who know you would you help them though to see today that at times they get lost and that you are the remedy I pray for those here today that have been lost their entire life and maybe today they're just starting to get a glimpse I'm lost. I need Jesus. God, would you give them the faith even today to say, I need you, Jesus. And so we thank you for this time. Jesus, we thank you for going to the cross on our behalf. Be honored by our prayers. Be honored by our thoughts. Be honored by our confessions. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our messages online. Join us again next week as we begin a new series, A Season of Purpose.